No, I didn't actually attempt. Um, I haven't gotten to that point, I guess. The courage, the strength that it takes to be open and honest about this. Instead of just, you know, blaming myself that he's not here anymore. Uh, I was prepared to shoot myself. Um, and I called my family to sort of say goodbye. To be honest, I was scared reaching out for help because I was like, this could totally ruin my career. Somebody to have a more proactive approach and that he was coming to me to be that person. They had found him and he committed suicide. I just started screaming. I just felt responsible. What's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host and founder of the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Podcast and project. It is the first week of March, and things are normal again. Uh, Before we get into our interview, I just want to proclaim how excited I am that my podcast feed, the website, all of the interviews and everything, everything's come back together again where it should be. There was a small segment in time where things were sort of uncertain, uncertain, and I appreciate everybody's patience, and I most most definitely appreciate everybody's support. And I especially appreciate the fact that you take time to listen to this show and listen to the stories told by veterans and their families and their support systems. This week, I have Anthony Pavelko, who I came across on the internet. Uh, I believe it was Facebook. And I saw him talking about his son uh, that took his own life. I invited him to come on. And I was really, I was really touched um, when he not only agreed to come on, but um, when I connected the Skype call to have the interview, uh, the chaplain that was assisting him came on briefly while Anthony ran to get something uh, and came on and said how important this was to him. And that meant a lot to me because... It's just it's further proof of how necessary an outlet like this is. Um, we get to remind veterans and their families that these stories are important, uh, not only to them, but to our community. Um, so without further ado, I'll let Anthony uh, tell his story and tell the story of his son. Uh, and I will I'll have a few more things for you after the interview. After uh, uh, boot camp, you went to AIT, and you, as you being a former Marine, you know that. He uh, went to Okinawa, Japan for his duty station and then uh, volunteered to his company commander that he needed to go to Iraq. And for four months, I was the only one, only one that knew that. He wanted me to kind of keep it quiet, but I eventually told his mom. So he went to Iraq, went to the Philippines for training first, then a year in Iraq, and then came home, got married, and then he had uh, their him and his wife had their daughter, Rylan. And uh, I didn't really have much contact with him and being busy, and then just out of the blue, as I'm only on the chaplain numbered in Chaplain Studer's residential long-term program for three weeks, one of the other gentlemen that's my boss, Jesse Slaybaugh, said, here's two Marines coming to see you. I thought one was Dominic, obviously, and maybe his sergeant or uh, CO or something. 
not knowing that it would be what I was told later that day. <clears throat> so I was paged down by Chaplain Studer, and uh, I came down not knowing, you know, what was going on. And he said, come on, Anthony, we have to go in here, and they have a uh, chapel off the lobby that the ladies use at night, and we use after lunch for prayer chapel. And we went in, and Chaplain Studer walked in with me, and I would – was leery and what was going on. I'm new to the program. Well, anyway, we walk in and there's two Marines, <clears throat> a captain and who is currently my Keiko officer, gunnery sergeant, chase them. And, uh, we sat down and they slid me a piece of paper and I didn't know what it said. And captain right away just said, uh, Mr. Provoco, we're sorry to tell you, but, uh, your son Dominic is, is deceased. I was, I, 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 I just broke down and started crying and then they kind of explained to me what had happened. <clears throat> so what kind of confused me was his wife is a former Marine. She got out on a medical. And when I found out he married a WM, I thought good because they'll both be able to help each other and be with the PTSD or whatever. And so, uh, as it turns out, Dominic either kept it inside and didn't tell anybody or was just, I couldn't deal with things anymore. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I was told I won't be getting a report that said why, or I was just given reports on, on how he took his life. And there's really no way for anybody to, except for God to know why my son did what he did that day. Do you, um, I mean, do you remember interacting with him leading up to that moment? And, you know, was there, you know, in, in hindsight, was there anything that, that seemed odd about him? Uh, no, sir. We had not spoken much because of my situation had, had gotten so bad myself that, Two days before I joined Chaplain Hubbard and Studer's program, I was thinking of taking my life. I was just tired of treading water, and I wanted more of life. So, no, I hadn't had much contact with Dominic. And the last time I did see him, he seemed really in good spirits. He'd become a Lance Corporal, and he had his chevrons on his sleeve, and he was happy. He said, I, I like being a Marine dad. I said, well, that's good. It's a very commendable career if you want to do your 20 you do your 20 if you do your four and get out then you do your four and get out i said that is all up to you that you're being a marine is your choice yeah, I'm, yeah. i would never tell you do your 20 i said that, that however long you do and he said he wanted to do his four and him and his wife were married and they were li she lived in california not very far from 29 palms he wanted to become a state highway patrolman after he got out and i thought Okay, another career with you with a weapon, but you have a best job training. And I, I told him, and just I'm putting in God's hands if that's if that's what you choose to do. I, I'm not gonna tell you don't do it. I just use your training, be safe every day, come home after work every day. But if that's what you want to do, I was very proud of him. Have you have you had any contact with uh, with his wife since then? No, I. I was asked not to attend the funeral, 
in California because of my past that came and bit me in the rear. And I've been helped through that by Chaplain Hubbard and Chaplain Studer saying, okay, it, it stinks, but you have to own up to your past. And that's what I did. So I didn't go to his funeral. So no, I have not spoken to his wife since this happened or my ex-wife for that matter. You said that, you know, shortly before Dominic uh, took his own life, that you had been considering it for yourself. How, how has your perception on suicide changed since your son's death? It has opened my eyes, whether it's military, and I've been kind of Googling and finding out different reports of that. That seems like a high number. And for non-military, people every day, whether you make $100 a year or $100 million a year, I'm finding out since God has me where I need to be, if, if you don't have God in your life, you're going to struggle. Even if you do have God in your life, you're going to struggle. I struggle every day, but it's things that, that I can give to God every day. It's opened my eyes tremendously to to suicide. I mean, it's it's an epidemic almost as bad as cancer, and it, it I think it needs address, especially for the young men and women in the military. You're over there in a foreign country doing what you do for your country. They need, whether it's a pastor, a, a wife, a husband, a bartender, if they just have a diet pop, they need to get out what they've seen and what they've heard and what they've unfortunately have gone through in their military career. How has, how has the chaplain been able to help you, uh, you know, process what happened and move on? Um, chaplain Hubbard and chaplain Studer are both, they've been like fathers to this program so far. And I've been in since June 9th. Uh, they helped me understand that the yeah, first three weeks I was I was angry. I, I was confused. I was crying a lot. Now I, I, I cry a little bit at Thanksgiving not too long ago with Christmas coming. Uh, but I am, I'm realizing that, A, Dominic's not hurting anymore. B, Dominic's not, not struggling anymore. He's in heaven, and the way – I, I look at it. it may not be right or wrong, but he's up there having a cannoli and a, and a coffee with my grandmother. So it, they're helping me realize that yes, it was it was horrific that day, the J- July second. But I can I, I can write poetry to tap the lady that created taps, and I can write poetry to different people that might be able to help just one person say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try going to a church or giving it to God so I don't take my life so my family doesn't go through that heartache and pain. Have you, you know, I don't know, either through the program that you're with, um, with the chaplains there or elsewhere, have you had an opportunity to, to talk with other Marines or other military personnel about your son or what you've experienced personally? I, I've spoken with, uh, my Keiko officer, Gunnar Sarnas, chase him when he comes in or whether he gives me paperwork or the last time he came in, he, uh, I have Dominic's official dog tags that he wore every day that he was issued to by the Marine Corps. And I have them on right now. And I was given a flag that was folded up at his funeral in California. And I had those in my room upstairs and I have, uh, 20 other brothers that are in the program, they're helpful. I have all the help I need right here. Plus, I have God, but 
it's one thing I'm I'm struggling with now is I know it was partially my fault in my past depression or my past uh, alcoholism or or whatever. I'm at the stage now where I just really blame myself for his suicide, and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it just seems like the stage I'm at right now, maybe because of the holidays, but because my ex-wife and my younger son aren't able to Skype with him on Christmas Day, and I feel partially responsible for that, and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. So how long had you gone without talking to Dominic before his death? Two years. So why do you believe that your, you know, issues in the past contributed to what happened to him years later, even without interaction with you? What makes you believe that? Just my my DNA, my struggles with depression, and it's maybe it's not my fault, but I just feel that it is. I know with Christmas coming, that's going to be very hard for my family, my mom, my dad my ex-wife, our younger son, Vincent, if they were able to Skype and talk with each other like we are now, sir, maybe that would help her a little bit. So I'm sure some days Lisa blames me, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I've got crosses to bear, and that's one of them that I'm picking up every day. So, I mean... I'm told that it wasn't my fault, and I've been told by a few different people, but it just seems like the rut I'm in right now. And after the holidays, that could change. I could realize, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was Dominic's own will, and it was God's will to let Dominic do what he did that day. But it just seems like that's the the gear that I'm in now with the holidays coming, that it just seems like it was my fault and stuff. I don't know. Do you, I mean, are you still struggling with suicidal behavior now, or do you feel like you're past that? Oh, I'm past it. I'm I'm far from healed. My depression, not it's not very often. I absolutely suicide is the absolute last thing I want to do. I have, I'm I'm tired of letting people down. I'm 45, and I I'm, I want to impress people. I want them to say, wow, I'm. I didn't see that reaction coming from Anthony or I didn't see that good week that he has. And so I want to finish this program for me, but in honor of Dominic. So my younger son could say, Hey, you know, pops, you finally got it right. And and let people know that, you know, I've changed and, and God's in my heart now. And I would eventually like to work for taps or wounded warrior. I've been in contact with Bonnie Carroll and her secretary and, I get a magazine and there's a like a, ha- a paragraph article of my little thank you letter and poem to her for giving me a book and, and everything that she the gift box that her company gave me. How do you how do you feel like you would respond? You know, if you if you started engaging with uh, you know a marine that was around Dominic's age and. And maybe you're seeing signs of depression and regret and guilt. How do you think you would respond to that now, having having gone through your your son's death? I would just ask him that a, a obviously, do you have someone you could talk to, someone that would that would just listen, let you get it out? Are you going to the VA? Do you have a pastor, a friend, you know, whether that friend's male or female? Do you have a parent you could talk? 
troops need an outlet and it, and I hope it is not through heroin or drugs or alcohol. I hope it's through obviously God and that friend, that pastor, that just good female friend that they had before they went to boot camp that just say, Hey, you know what? 3am. I don't care. Knock on my door. I'll let you in and we'll have a cup of coffee and just get it out. Have you had any, has anybody from Dominic's uh, units contacted you or engaged with you at all since those two Marines arrived? Uh, no, sir. Do you, do you feel like your, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be insensitive with this question, but do you feel like you're lacking any closure because you're not able to follow up or, or talk to anybody after the event? Uh, Gunnery Sergeant Chasem has been helpful. He's, the Marine that comes and next time he comes, he'll be giving me all the, the final MPs reports of what they seen and, and how they handled it when they arrived at his car at 29 Palms. Um, I'll be getting the, the crime scene photos, the autopsy photos, all the final paperwork next time the gunny comes. And I'm hoping to have a little bit of time with them. And he said, I hope this can kind of help you through it. And I said it, I'm not going to open the photos, uh, you know, just the paperwork. That'll be my closure till I can get out of graduate Chaplain Hobart and Stewart Studer's program and get on my life and, you know, save up plane ticket money and fly out and have a, a footlong sub and some Pellegrino water at Dominic's grave site. That'll be my closure. <laughs> yeah. Where, um, where is he buried? It's in, uh, Balboa, California. It's at a uh, military. I can't remember the exact name of it. What it, you, you mentioned that uh, earlier, you mentioned that you've been researching military suicide and veteran suicide since Dominic's death. I mean, what have you discovered? And you know, is any of it surprising? Is any of it? Um, did you really learn anything um, more than the fact that there's a problem? I learned that. I have a, an acquaintance. Her, she's eight months longer into her journey than me, and her daughter did two tours in the Navy. And her daughter took her life at her and her mom's house. And uh, she just said, you know, there's a light at, at the end of the tunnel. It just may be a thousands of mile tunnel, but you will get through it. And I have countless number of people here at, at the Haven of Rest praying for me. And I have people in four other states that I know of praying for me and my younger son, Vincent. So it, the last number I read, I don't know if it was correct. He said it was like 60 to 70 per week taking their life. And I'm I'm not the best at math, but that is a very high number. And I don't understand why. I mean, I'm a civilian. I've never been over in Iraq or Kandahar or Afghanistan or Vietnam, but... They're obviously seeing stuff and doing things that puts them to that level. And then I've read some stuff from our former Army Rangers, former Marine, Navy, Air Force, that they didn't know how to deal with civilian life not being with their men or their women over there in, in combat. And I, it, it breaks my heart that sometime today or tomorrow – Possibly there's going to be a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, girlfriend, fiance, boyfriend, whoever getting that knock on the door and they're going to see the representatives from their deceased person's military. I, 
that breaks my heart. I, I wish I could help, and I'm not God. No, I can't cure people. I'm trying to cure myself, but my heart tells me to, you know, to want to help them eventually. Tabs or wounded warrior, and and just maybe sit down with a with a Gatorade or a cup of coffee and say, okay, how was your day? What's going on? No, I'm not a licensed psychologist, but you know what? I have two hours. I can sit here and listen, get it out. And that may not be the cure, but I know it's a tip of the iceberg. It's getting all that out. Absolutely. Anthony is there, you know, I know that, uh, you know, when my guests come on to, to talk about their stories and the stories of their loved ones that they, uh, they often, you know, have things they want to make sure that they say, uh, is there anything that, that you'd like to, to say to the audience, to say to me, to, um, on, in regards to your son Dominic or just what you've experienced uh, since his death that we haven't touched on yet? Well, he lives by his wife and his eight-month-old daughter. So obviously things were so out of control. I don't uh, – I've tried to figure out what was going on with them or why. I, I don't know, but – I just have an utmost respect for the military, men and women, going and fighting for my country, for my freedom. And somehow God will figure it all out for everybody. I'm not quite sure how or or when, but there there has to be a why. Because I was a client across the street before I was on the program, and I was talking to my friend, and I consider her my guardian angel. Her name's Angie. And I pretty much just told her, look, I, I'm tired of treading water. I just want to commit suicide. And I was going to do it the very next day. And she called and spoke to a staff member named Ed. And he got in touch with probably Chaplain Hubbard and students said, hey, this is going on with him. And then I had an interview with Chaplain Hubbard. And I was brought on the program. And three weeks later, I get the the news of Dominic doing what I wanted to do. So I was like, I can't even do that correctly, commit suicide the right way. So I felt even more of a failure, but now I feel I have to keep going no matter how hard it is to get up, no matter how hard my day is, I have to keep going for Dominic and his memory. So I'm doing this program in honor of Dom, but I'm doing it for me as an individual, but as a surviving suicide military parent, I'm doing it for Dominic and all the other parents out there. Again, I am truly honored to be able to tell these stories. And I want to thank Anthony for uh, being brave and stepping forward and talking about something that he isn't uh, quite used to talking to on such a public forum. I'm going to be in the Dallas area, March 8 and 9. It's a Monday and Tuesday. I'm looking for a venue. Uh, I'm currently in touch with like the VFW and other places, but I'm, I'm looking for a venue to host a uh, host an event on veteran suicide and, and to give my message of suicide prevention. Uh, if you're interested and may have an idea or if you just simply want to attend in the case that this happens, uh, simply email me Lawson at LawsonEntertainment.com uh, and I'll be sure to keep you updated or uh, see what you got in store. Um, I really hope we can make this happen. One too many project.com slash iTunes is O N E the number two many project.com slash iTunes. That 
automatically redirects to uh, the podcast feed in iTunes. If you go there, please subscribe. You'll get the updates each and every week with new episodes. Uh, And then, of course, on the website, uh, the episodes uh, appear there as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We'll be back next week with uh, one of my momentary reflections. uh, And then following that, so two weeks from now, uh, Dr. Craig Bryan from the University of Utah uh, will update us on a study that uh, he recently published. Thank you again for listening. Take care.